Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency into a divine feminine state of love, harmony, abundance, and joy. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has experienced most of the issues that I explore on this show. On today's guest episode, I welcome the lovely Jennifer Spore. Jennifer is the host of the Path of the Awakened Heart podcast. She is a spiritual advisor, a channel, and an Akashic Records and trauma-informed master consultant. Jennifer shares about her path of moving from an unfulfilling corporate job into a dark night of the soul that brought her into a spiritual awakening to align with her purpose and mission. We discuss the Akashic Records, the readings that she does, and her vision for the future of humanity and what ascension truly means. So take a listen and enjoy. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Hi, Whitney. I'm excited to be here with you to have this conversation. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Jennifer. I'm happy to return the favor. I had so much fun being a guest on your podcast, The Path of the Awakened Heart. Such a fun. (laughs) We had such a lovely, fun conversation explored a lot of different topics that I want to explore more today, but with you in the driver's seat. Sounds good. So Jennifer, you are a spiritual advisor. You also work as a channel and you work with the Akashic records and you do trauma informed consultation. Could you tell us a bit about, well, first of all, let's go back in time a little bit, shall we? Where did your journey begin with your spiritual awakening? Yeah, that's a big question. So I'll try to give you the cliff notes version. (laughs) Well, I mean, Um, we got time. I'd love to, we can hear as much as you want to share. Yeah, yeah. So I had another life in before this one. So when I, um, before I had my initial spiritual awakening and started really focusing my whole life around my spiritual path and and my development. I had a really successful career in the retail industry. I was a corporate executive toward the end of my career. And like so many people, I was conditioned essentially by this really deep societal programming that, you know, we had to check off certain boxes in order to achieve, you know, success (laughs) and what that looked like. Essentially, I reached a place in my life where I had checked off all of those boxes. And so I was no longer feeling challenged in my work. And it's important to note that even before I would say I had my initial awakening, I was someone who 
integrity was always important to me and I had to believe in whatever it was I was choosing to pursue and spend my energy on. So I actually loved my work for a really long time. I just had reached a place where I had checked off all those boxes. There were no more promotions. I wasn't feeling like I there was anything for me to master, right? So that's when I would say really the fog started to lift. That's how I like to refer to it anyways. It's kind of like, okay, I started thinking about what was next. There were a lot of blessings and a lot of great things happening in my life. Um, but even though <laughs> I wasn't lit up about what I was doing for my career anymore, I chose not to take action. And it was from a place of fear because I was scared to, you know, release the golden handcuffs. It's like I had been in this um, and I also am from a generation right where you stayed at the same job for a long time. So I was, I had been with my last company that I worked for, for about 16 years. And so I had established all these foundations, you know, the salary and the house and all the things. And so, because I was having a hard time seeing what was beyond that, even though I wanted to make a change, I didn't take action right away. It was actually about probably a year and a half or maybe even two years later, my mom at the time, I say at the time because she's passed, but she was diagnosed with terminal cancer. At the time I was living uh, on the East Coast and she was in Idaho, which is where I grew up. And it was during that time that I was flying back and forth a lot to be with her and to try to help out my family. And I need to kind of put things into context by saying that I had a, a career where I was in a high level leadership role and I was on all the time. Okay. So, you know, I was attached to my phone and yeah, there were pretty much no boundaries. <laughs> so during this very challenging time, I, I was flying back and forth a lot. And there was one defining moment in particular um, where I was sitting at my mom's bedside literally a few days before she passed. And there was this one moment where my phone started blowing up. Uh, my Blackberry, for those who remember Blackberries, I actually miss those because I love the keyboard. Anyway, soft topic, but to say my phone was blowing up. And so there was this very defining moment where I remember looking at my phone and it was an issue that was happening that could have been prevented. And then I was looking at my mom lying in bed. She was dying and, and it was not a very easy thing. And I thought to myself, you know, here I am faced with another scenario of feeling like I need to choose between being present to something that I'm irritated about, frustrated with, because I shouldn't have happened to begin with, you know, and, and, and I felt like I, my space was being invaded. So I'm looking at that and then I'm, I'm looking at, okay, I'm feeling like now I have to choose between being present to this issue at my work or my mom, knowing that that was going to probably be the last time I saw her alive. And I was done in that moment. I just decided I was finished. 
I'm taking my power back. I'm not allowing myself to be stuck in a life that I'm not lit up about anymore. And it was then that my courage actually exceeded my fear. I had no idea what was going to be next. I just made a decision in that moment that I was done. And so that was when I would say that cycle of my life started to come to an end. So I didn't fly home a few days later and quit my job. I ended up being given an ultimatum essentially because when my mom died, I wanted to move back to Idaho to be physically closer to the remaining family members that I had. So I was given a choice that if I wanted to make that move, that I would need to step down from my role because back then remote working wasn't a thing right it wasn't a mainstream thing the way that it is now so I made that choice I gave up my career and much like a country song you know rented my house out in New Jersey packed up my car and headed out west I literally jumped in my car and drove across the country by myself in four days and came back out here and and that was it it wasn't uh and I didn't know right away that I was going to do the work that I'm doing now. That unfolded as my awakening, as that journey of transition unfolded. I invested in a lot of therapists, healers, uh, people to support me on my journey of transition. What I found through that journey of moving and everything was that Although there were all of these people to support me and all of this infrastructure, there wasn't, I was hard pressed, hard pressed, excuse me, to find someone who could support me in taking all of who I was becoming, experiencing the spiritual awakening and helping me to integrate that, to anchor that, to become embodied in that and who, in terms of who I was becoming, that's what inspired me to become an entrepreneur to start my own business and to dedicate myself to a path where I'm supporting other people to integrate those changes into their own life. So that's the cliff notes version. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I, I know that there are so many women out there who are hitting that point that you did. And with you, it doesn't even sound necessarily like it was burnout. It sounds like you did like your job, but for it sounds like in your case, it was more that does this align with what really tr is truly important to me? And can I really even be my full self with my full spectrum of emotions in this box of a job that kind of says you're an employee and you show up as an employee, no matter what's going on in your life. That's a point that I think a lot of people hit where it's like, I don't want to fucking show up to the office when my parent is dying. You know, I had a coworker who was going through that one time and she just, she was trying to get approval to leave. And finally she's like, forget this. My, I'm not going to spend my dad's last hours here. I don't care if I get fired. And she just ran out the door. And I think a lot of people hit that wall where it's like, what am I doing in this space that I don't feel seen or appreciated as a human soul? <laughs> I'm just a workhorse. Yeah. You know, what you brought up about, about burnout, I was burned out. That came later 
it's like that what that moment with my mom was the catalyst and then it's like this dam broke open of so many different realizations about myself that I was in such a space of go, go, go all the time that I didn't realize how burned out I was. I didn't, I didn't even really know myself. I mean, I didn't really know my own identity because all of my time was focused on other people. And I could, would say that that could even be described as the current human dilemma is, and I've spoken to this, is that we've created a society that can keep you completely occupied and busy all the time where you don't have mm-hmm. to know who you are in order to do all the fundamental things, have a job, find a partner, feed yourself, plan for retirement, good healthcare. If we're only looking at those things, you don't have to look inside. You don't have to know who you are to show up to a job every day. And that, those are all, also often people who come to work with me or those who are, who say, I'm starting to realize that there's something in there that's <laughs> deeper yeah. than, than what I was working with before. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there was an element of me, the inner me, right, that I knew about, that I was aware of, but that had been shut down for so long. I, I've always been energetically sensitive and very intuitive, as long as I can remember. Um, that exploring that part of me became shut down for a long time. Now I'm highly empathic and, and I did know that, and that did serve me very well (laughs) in my corporate role, because I can tune into people in a second and, and, and just know certain things about people. So that did serve me for a long time, but I was also, and, and a lot of this came out later too. I mean, I had lots of unhealed trauma from my childhood. I was on my own at 16. I also experienced abuse as well. And so through like that awakening and all of those changes, I also realized even though on the outside, 3D society would say, oh, look how successful she is. I was very much living in survival mode. I wasn't thriving. I was doing what I thought I had to do to survive because of how my childhood unfolded and what had happened in my life up to that point. So um, there was a lot, a lot that unfolded. And it's been a while since that story, that initial story I shared with you happened. Um, It's been, I left the East Coast 10 years ago. So I've been focused on my spiritual path. We could call it that, I guess, like Ascension Journey is probably a better way to describe it for about probably 14 years. And then could you tell us a bit about, you said that you've always been very empathic, very sensitive Mm -hmm. to energies. What did that look like for you as a child? Because again, I feel that you're sharing the story of so many people out there. They had it as early on in life because children are still connected with the spirit world. So often children will will recall past lives. They'll be telepathic. They'll see ghosts. 
then they get sucked into <laughs> society and they lose all of that to fit in, to go mm -hmm. the course. And then later on in life, as you did, they start remembering that and wanting to tap back into that. So what did that look like for you? Did you, is that, did you ever do any sort of like channeling messages when you were a child or was it just, did you ever get intuitive of what, of what like premonitions or what was it like for you? Yeah. I mean, as a child, I sensed the presence of various energies and I have always had a gift for being able to immediately just know certain things about people. I mean, I can tune in to their feelings without trying to tune into their feelings, without actually feeling their feelings, but knowing like what was going on with them. Um, that was shut down a lot as a child because I was often told not to speak unless spoken to. And then with the abuse and the trauma, I just was in this space of trying to also stay under the radar. Like I didn't want attention and I didn't want, you know, <laughs> to stir up the apple cart, so to speak. So yeah, I mean, I had all of these experiences, these energetic experiences, all of these gifts, but I uh, didn't talk about them and did not share anything you know, very much. Yep. And again, something that I think a lot of people understand, I have a lot of friends who are way more psychically and energetically attuned than I am, yet they were really taught to bury it. And, and some of them still to this day are uncomfortable exploring it. Cause they, for so long, they were just like, no, 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 no. I don't want this. <laughs> this is weird. This freaks me out. Yeah, I mean, and that feeling, right, of of like that it's weird or or that it's freaking you out, that's all programming. That's all societal programming, transgenerational programming around that what we aren't familiar with is weird or whatever's unknown makes us feel uncomfortable, which is a direct inversion to who we are as divine creator beings. Every one of us has psychic abilities. It's not just something that the few chosen people have. You know, you probably have heard studies or just heard chit chat about, right? Like how underutilized our brains are. <laughs> we hugely <laughs> underutilize not only our brains, but our potential, our connection with the divine and our connection with the earth. Completely, completely. And that in a large part, if not totally, is what Women Waken is truly about, is about that movement of the return of the divine feminine, which is just another way of saying the return of our remembrance of who we really are and what we're mm -hmm. really capable of to do on this planet, but also what's most aligned with the highest good with everybody being able to be, have peace, have joy in life and flourish in life right now. We've totally shut it down. And that's almost like, I mean, that's like robbing something of its fundamental purpose, right? Like if you had, uh, you know, like if you have a refrigerator and you unplug it and stick it in your backyard, it's not able to 
serve its purpose. And that's what humans are. It's like we're unplugged. We're unplugged and sitting out in the middle of a junkyard thinking that that, that we don't have gifts, but it's only because we're not yes. plugging in. Yes. Yes. It's very simply as humans, we're really cute and the human part of us that we like to complicate things, right? But very, we could pick any number of topics to delve into, um, to go down a rabbit hole on, but very simply it's about dissolving separation consciousness. Yes. Yes. And once we do that, the world completely changes. I'm a big fan of channelers and listening to channeled works. One of my favorite is a book called Seth Speaks. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar? I am. Yep. Mind blowing. Just she was a stuff. trans channel. Yes. Yeah. And you yeah. might appreciate this, but I read that whole book and it was when, during I was, when I was reading it is when I was inspired to move to upstate New York where I live now. And once I finished the book, I looked at the author's page and it turned out she was born and raised in the town that I now live in, in Saratoga Springs, New York. So that was kind of wild. My point is that what they talk about and many channelers talk about is they say, you know, the way that you all live on earth is not at all the way that it was intended <laughs> to be like, y'all really kind of miss are missing the mark there really kind of strayed from what, as we were talking about, we are most you know, aligned with doing because when we do operate in separation consciousness, it's a fight for our lives every day, which is how we live versus knowing inherently that we are safe, that we have all that we need, that we can work together, that what one person experiences is what we experience that taking care of another is the same as taking care of ourselves because the other is you. We don't believe that. We believe it's every man for yourself and you better watch out because you could be left in the dirt. You could be poor. You could be sick. You could be impoverished. And so we're all just fighting for our lives and we we're not meant to live that way. Yes, we're a product of our environmental conditioning and and ancestral upbringing and that combined with our misuse of free will you know we <laughs> yes <laughs> this is really a really important topic the use of our free will because uh this goes back to what I was talking about right is like how why I'm so passionate about supporting people in integrating their awarenesses because you can receive this tremendously potent energetic clearing healing you can have all of these awarenesses to aid in raising your consciousness that being said if you then turn around and you choose not to change your behaviors to align with those new awarenesses or you choose to continue making decisions from a place of fear well, then nothing is really ultimately going to change. So you can protect your energy. You can do all of these things, right? But if you continue to misuse your free will, which is really defined as making decisions from a space of ego and fear, then nothing's going to change. And that's what's happened in our world. I mean, even world leaders, I, 
all of these people that are in these roles and positions operate from a space of conscious bias. They're, they're not making decisions in many scenarios for the good of the collective and the whole. They're making decisions from their own unhealed inner child wounds. We all are, yet we see how dangerous it is when even people who have the most power and decision-making abilities are working from wounds. Yet the thing is, as we know, Jennifer, they're never going to call it that. They're not going to say, hey, how can we address this? inner child work that this politician needs to do <laughs> before he can yeah no right now as of now we don't talk and if you do i mean i i don't know if you know marianne williamson she i do marianne williamson marianne mm -hmm. williamson i love her i've volunteered for her i've met her several times she's fantastic yet she took the stage for debates into in 2019 before the 2020 elections. And she was the laughing stock of the country for talking about love being the answer. It shows you where we are right now. There's nothing to mock about love. Everything is love and it's the answer to everything. And it's the solution to everything. Right. I mean, the people, by the way, that would mock that are people who themselves have a misidentified and misapplied relationship with what love really even is. Those people likely have a codependent, like distorted, you know, definition of what they think it is. And so, yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> we could go down, we could have a whole other conversation about that, but yeah, I mean, that's part of the problem are, you know, our political systems and our our <clears throat> infrastructures, there's so many institutions and we see, we see it now, the crumbling of the dismantling of those institutions. Um, I mean, the greatest way that we can make a difference in the world that we can really bring forth real sustainable change at a global level is starting with our own backyard, so to speak, is looking at how we are showing up in the world, how we are making decisions, how we're using our free will, aligning with our purpose and mission and what we're here to do. And imagine if almost 8 billion of us do that, then then the things that are happening now can't stay in place. They just can't. They they just won't, you know. Uh, part of the problem, too, is that a lot of people feel overwhelmed. They have, like, compassion fatigue, I call it, you know, because there is so much turmoil in the world and there's so much to care about. Uh, and so what happens is people are exhausted, and so they end up just feeling like they want to make a change, but then they're trying to make change within the existing constructs that aren't even aligned, right? It's just, it's it can be a cycle. <laughs> yes. And I, I was actually just talking about this with my guests last week is when the political system shifts, because it will, nothing lasts forever. And especially the way it is now cannot be sustained for much longer. Yet, I'll be very curious how it happens because trying to bring someone who's more aligned with oneness consciousness, with spirituality, again, they sort of get laughed out. So, but what is going to, 
is it someone just creating their own platform outside and people gravitate towards it? Because that's what I've always spoken to is that change happens when not by trying to fix a broken system, but by creating a new one that just allows the the already crumbling system to go ahead, crumble away, and we move into something that actually works for us. So it's going to be really exciting to see how that happens because I know in my heart that that happens to some degree in our lifetime. I can't say how, you know, dramatic it will be or how succinct, but it, it happens. I've I've had visions of it. Tell us. <laughs> well, I mean, not too long from now, actually, I didn't, you know, some of it I didn't see. Uh, I more like felt. So in particular, I had this one vision and you know, when you're having a vision, because it's so vivid, like this happened about two years ago. And I remember it just like it was a memory like yesterday, but I was in a different part of the country, the U S now in like this earth house. And I was looking out the window and there was people who were gardening and the feel of the energy of the environment was like, I was in this awakened community and the government, as we've known it had collapsed. And there was literally like major community societal restructuring that had taken place. And leaders were still being elected, but they were being elected based off of merit. So all of the current system that the lobbying, it being all about the money and, and basically it today it's like a big high school popularity contest, <laughs> you know, uh, that all was gone. Awesome. And integrity had been restored. Woo! Yeah. Viva integrity. Bring it back. <laughs> but it's going to happen. I mean, it's just unfortunate that it's like a, at a planetary level, we're experiencing at a collective level, we're experiencing a dark night of the soul where there's an escalation, escalation of events, right? And this happens a lot for people on their own individual journeys as well. It often takes something very traumatizing to happen until someone realizes, oh, I, I can't do this anymore. That's what's happening at a planetary level, like with humanity right now. Completely, completely. And it is to the point where it, it we can't do this anymore. Because also we have another participant in this, which is Mother Earth. The planet can't tolerate this much longer, this barbaric treatment of her, where we're completely inconsiderate and just demolish and destroy her without any regard for reciprocation. Well, she'll be around a lot longer than we will. She will, but she might not want to carry us on her back much longer. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're she, such rude we, guests. We need her more than she needs us. <laughs> oh yeah. She doesn't need us, but yeah, but she's been, you know, kind enough to accommodate us and allow us to be here. Yeah. I think we'll see more upheaval from her if we continue to misuse and destroy her or try to. 
I had a, um, a vision as well yesterday that's kind of similar to yours, but I, mine was like, I, it was as if I was looking at earth and what there was this big, tall structures of gold, just like, you know, all these big, and it was just one small portion. The rest of it was kind of barren land. And it was, you know, the idea of the 1%, right. Where there's so much wealth accumulated and concentrated by certain individuals, certain corporations that have everything they could ever want. And the rest of us have so many people have nothing. Some people have less, more than that, whatever it is. And I saw it just melt, just crash, like the big towers. And in my mind, I saw the end of celebrities and, you know, people that we basically made gods on our planet, people that we worship, people that we idolize. It just all just washed away into this more even place where all that energy was now available to everybody and people were happy. I just saw like all, it, there was so much light. It was if like that big mountain became like this wave of light over the earth where people were learning how to just work together and how to have, just enjoy one another and not have this hierarchy of, you know, people who get to be all the way sky high and others who are all the way down at the bottom. It was pretty. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. I mean, celeb the way celebrities are a great example, you know, just it feeds into the separation consciousness, the I'm a period down there. And that's not true. I mean, every one of us is equal in terms of our life force and our value. Each of each one of us is unique. We are, we are, and we deserve to know that and embrace it and celebrate it every day rather than have messaging from the time we're born. That's you better start proving yourself. You better start earning your worth. Otherwise you're going to fall behind. You're going to have nothing. You're going to be nobody. Yeah. So again, it yeah. gets that, it gets that fight for your survival. So yeah, we could, we could talk about this forever, <laughs> but I do want you to get a chance to talk Jennifer about some of the work that you're really focusing on now that I know that you are exploring is one is the Akashic records. And then the topic of Ascension is also coming up for you. So could you share with us about those topics? Yeah. So to, to circle back and summarize, you know, the really the core of how I serve other people is, is in holding space for them to remember the truth of who they really are, their purpose and mission and, and what they're here to do in, in this life, which is also synonymous with finding their joy. That's not a cliche, follow your joy. It's the absolute truth, <laughs> uh, your, your purpose and, and the truth of who you are is synonymous with joy. And that is really the work that I do. I tend to attract a lot of people who are way showers and who are on a path less traveled and, and part of their purpose and their legacy work here is to serve in illuminating the way for others in whatever the unique way is that they're being called in terms of showing up, right? So that could be coaching it could be through a book it could be you know whatever it is that they're here to do I'm just here to help them remember that one of the ways that I love 
helping people become empowered is through teaching them uh, how to access their Akashic records. So for people who aren't familiar with the Akashic records, they're very simply the library for your soul. If you read the Bible, they're referred to in the Bible as the book of life. So your soul, you know, we talk about follow your soul, follow your soul's guidance, find your soul's purpose. Our soul is eternal. So this experience that you're having in this life right now is literally one of who knows how many uh, incarnations that you've experienced, right? And the purpose of us being here is for our learning and evolution and in service to the whole. So um, having direct access to your experiences at a soul level in, in my years of experience is the most direct path to ascension, to growth and to evolution. So I love teaching people how to access their Akashic records. I also work with clients in their Akashic records as well. Um, I mean, it, it's like doing years of personal development work. You know, you can make literal quantum leap shifts in such, uh, it is literally like bending time. What are you doing? Like, let's say you're work, you were working with me and you said, okay, we're going to do, go into your Akashic records. What does that mean? Does it mean that you're going into their emotional bodies? Do you, is it for you when you do it? Is it visual? Do you, is it, do you feel like you're reading a book? Do you, do you get, are there, cause I have heard before that there are guardians of the Akashic record. Do you align with that idea? Like someone who's record like, keepers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep, there are, there are record keepers. So the answer is yes to everything that you rattled off there. Um, the Akashic records are an unlimited storehouse of information. Okay. So each one of us has our own Akashic records, which reside in the Akasha, which is the limitless field of consciousness, right? It's the oneness beyond each one of us. So when, when, Sometimes in working with a client, it really is unique to each person's path, right? So the catalyst for someone to make a shift is different for each person. For one person, it could be clarity. All they need is clarity, information. So it's retrieving. It's I'm a channel, so I'm a conscious channel. So it's retrieving information from the Akashic records. For another person, it could be that there is unhealed trauma from their childhood in this current life that's holding them back. So one of my gifts is that I'm able to immediately tap in to what someone's highest purpose and mission is here and any obstructions in their path, right? So that could be information. It could be unhealed trauma. It could be any number of things. And then I hold space for them in shifting that. So the only prerequisite to being in your records, whether it's working with me or learning how to access themselves, to access them yourself, excuse me, is your willingness to make the shift, right? So the reason why I say this is because sometimes our ego mind will say, well, yeah, of course, I don't want to hold on to trauma. I don't 
want to meander through my life feeling unclear and why I'm here and what I'm here to do. But your body isn't always ready to let go because we store energy at a subconscious level sometimes in our bodies. And I say bodies plural, right? Because this is also part of ascension as well. It's about balance. It's about balancing your bodies emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, and energetically. And so sometimes energies can be in your emotional body, in your physical body that need to be released that you're not even aware of. Uh, many of us can hold on to ancestral trauma even. It, it may not even be something that we directly experience, <clears throat> but let's say that your parent or your grandparent, or it, it can go many generations back that one of your ancestors experienced something, never processed it, never healed it and released it, it will actually be stored in your DNA. So you can shift all of that, any of that in, in the Akashic records. Beautiful. And how did you come to know that this was a gift you had, that this was something you could do with people? So I was working with people, healing them and, and channeling for them before I started working with the Akashic Records. What I found, those have always been natural gifts for me. What I found in working with the Akashic Records is that it essentially like, I don't know why the term like turbo boost or it just like, you know, it sped That's things right. up. Yeah, it, it sped things up. Uh, because the energies of the Akashic records exist at a much higher dimensional frequency. They only consist of truth and love. There is no subjectivity, right? So it's it's just a much more direct path. I feel like I went off on a bit of a tangent. So did I actually answer your question? Oh, absolutely. No, that was a beautiful description of what the Akashic records are and how you use them to work with, with people to, to expedite healing yeah. that can take, because the thing that I love about all the brilliant people out there right now who are tapping into and sharing these gifts is it's giving us access to something bigger than just us. Because again, the individual consciousness makes us think to a large degree, this is my fault. This is my fault that I respond this way to situations that I can't have a healthy relationship that I'm blocked through this or that. And these things kind of open us to a bigger understanding that says, no, see that you are a multidimensional being yes. who has lived many lifetimes and is living lifetimes simultaneously right now. So let's just kind of look yes. where you need to shift a little. And, and as you said, you came, we came into this physicality for a reason. So whatever challenges we're facing, it's it's almost like we came here to work something out that's going to help us travel even greater distances through our journey as a soul. Absolutely. And we're already whole, right? Yeah. So it's important to understand too, healing isn't is is, you know, the 3D societal definition of that is that you're broken or something's missing or something's wrong with you. Know that nothing is wrong with you that you're already whole and it's just a matter of peeling back the layers to remember that 
again, that's that's why I, I love working in the records with clients. And I, I especially love teaching them because everybody has this kind of access. They do. They do. And that's why, again, I'm so excited that the more people that are attuning to this and offering this. Jennifer, would you say that that process of peeling back the layers and figuring out the truth so we can shift energy release blocks ties or segues into the idea of ascension, that when we do those things, that's when we can truly begin to ascend to higher, yes. higher levels of consciousness? Yes, because ascension is about evolution. It's about balance. It's about harmonization and remembering oneness. It circling back to my reference earlier about dissolving separation consciousness. That's that's ascension. Living from truth and love. And when you truly are able to begin dropping into that space, any and other perceived misalignments, you know, that something's missing from, from who you are or any other resistance that all automatically drops away. The more that you bring your being into remembrance, the more that you bring your being into balance and your bodies into harmonization. So beautiful, Jennifer. Thank you so much for sharing your story, for sharing about your work and these very detailed and insightful understandings around big concepts that not many people or more people know about, but not everybody. So thank you so much for sharing with us. If people listening would like to get their Akashic records read or would like to learn more about you and find your podcast, where can they find you? Easy peasy. Just go to jennifersporr.com. So J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-S-P-O-R.com for those who are listening. And I believe I also um, provided you with a link. I have a really powerful free gift for people who are in a space that they're feeling guided to that next level of evolution on their path. I have a free activation um, for you. It's highest destiny. So it just takes you through a guided journey in actually choosing your highest aligned timeline and stepping forward into that version of you. So wonderful. Jennifer, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. All those links will be in the show notes. And I look forward to talking again soon. Thank you so much. Take good care. Bye. You too. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.